Hey guys, we are live. Hopefully everyone is having a very good Friday. Now, as you can see, guys, uh, Kelly looks different today. <laughs> <laughs> Went downhill. <laughs> <laughs> so today, since Kelly abandoned us, for the beaches of Mexico, we have Mark Anderson with us. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give Mark an opportunity to introduce himself to you guys. And while Mark is introducing himself, here's what I want you guys to do. You know how we do it. I want you to give me your emoji that signifies the mood you're in today, your mood emoji for right now. So, Mark, tell everybody who you are. All right. Good Good afternoon. And thank you for uh, allowing me to be here. It's a privilege to be here. Uh, I've known Robert for uh, uh, quite a while. Uh, Joe, uh, not, not so long, but uh, uh, it, it's a great honor to be here. Uh, what I do is uh, I run a company called Anderson Investigative Associates. We are an, uh, essentially an interview and interrogation training firm. Uh, and we do it across the board in, in the investigation business, in the audit business. I probably do more audit training now than I do investigation, both criminal and administrative side. Uh, been doing it for a long time in my career. I'm a, a former federal employee and uh, uh, started this business just to bring good non-confrontational interviewing, uh, uh, good conversational uh, interviewing uh, to people all around the country. I'm with the two communication guys today. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so we've got a lot of people that are in really good moods. Hey, Nicola. Deidre, Deidre is smiling. Deidre, you're always smiling, though, so that had to be your favorite emoji, right? Hal says his lips are sealed. <laughs> Hal is always coming with the good emojis. And Emily, I don't know if you saw my virtual fist bump back to you, Emily. Here's someone from the Bahamas. You know what? I know who this is, but you're showing up just as LinkedIn user because of your privacy settings. If you want us to see your picture, you got to fix those privacy settings. You are having. Wait, is today your birthday or something? And I forgot your name. So but I know who I know who you are. And here is Pozo. Pozo has fixed her privacy settings and now we can see her. Pozo, what's your mood emoji? You know, you can't come into a room with us without telling us what your mood is and you do it in an emoji. We've got Ismail here from Bangladesh. It is midnight in Bangladesh. My man, I am so happy that you stayed up here with us. Oh, and here is Anora from London. Not that one. Wait, uh, Canada. <laughs> I've been to London. I have too. Yeah. Wow. You know, I've never been to London, Canada. All right. So, guys, as you are coming in, Drop the emoji that signifies the mood that you are in right now. Today, we've got some interesting things to talk about today. All right. So let's just get started. Uh, let's see. Give me one second here, guys. All right. Last week, you remember we talked about Kentucky and the issues that they were having with their unemployment benefits. So they had this system that... Well, the system probably was working. They probably set it up wrong, but they had the system. And what was happening is people were uh, changing the direct deposit bank account that funds were going to. And they were stealing people's money. Uh, 
So I have an update for you guys because Kentucky, well, <laughs> they're still at it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Got a little tongue tied there because it's it's actually a classic story on what happens when controls break down and when you don't implement good controls. So as you can see here, this headline, Kentucky shut down unemployment system for four days because of fraud. So because they had bad controls in the system or because they did not implement appropriate controls, they ended up setting up shutting down their system to process unemployment claims for people who really need money for four days. And I'm just going to read you guys a little bit from the news story. It said, desperate to stop rampant fraud, Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir is shutting down the state's unemployment insurance system for four days starting at midnight. When the system does reopen the morning of Tuesday, April the 13th, all unemployment claims will have to claimants will have to re-register using an eight digit pin that they will receive in the mail late this week. <clears throat> How can they <clears throat> guarantee that? <laughs> or early next week, officials said. Then the governor also said, I hate that we have to do it, but there is no other option other than to let people's money get stolen. Well, hey, here's a novel thought. There was another option. Set up appropriate controls to begin with. And if you don't remember, this is the one where they didn't require people to have complex pin numbers. And what they were saying is that people started breaking into accounts and changing the direct deposit information. Well, I did a little bit more digging and there are some sources that actually say what happened was the system was compromised and that people went in and changed those pin numbers to non-complex pin numbers and then went in. And so I don't know if that's actually true, but that's what some sources are reporting. But at the end of the day, the system was not set up to require people to input uh, strong pin numbers to begin with. So a preventive control could have stopped some of this nonsense and madness from happening. But wait, the story gets better. So um, they interviewed a few folks. And let's see. Here's, here's a story. Here's one story where they interviewed a guy. Um, actually, if you look here, what I have highlighted, Kentucky labor officials have spent the weekend making security upgrades to the online unemployment system. The key thing is that people wanting to file claims are going to have to uh, do a new eight digit pin number instead of a four digit one. And then the labor officials are saying the problem was that criminals were able to get into the system because some pins were as simple as one, one, one or twenty twenty. But then they interviewed some folks and one guy, Martinez. He said that uh, he was trying to get his unemployment benefits and couldn't. But if you look at the highlighted piece here, he couldn't get his. But apparently his mother was told that she can get unemployment, but she didn't apply. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, th th this story, it just it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Okay. It is the story of ineffective preventive controls. It's the story of. We're going to do whatever we want to do to look good in front of people until it backfires. So what I'm going to do is, guys, I don't know if you want to weigh in on this, but what do you guys think? Here's our update on the Kentucky story. I don't even know if I have anything to say about this anymore. I I don't know. What what a classic that uh, uh, Martinez can't get the uh, benefits, uh, but his mother can, even though she didn't apply for him and wasn't unemployed. You talk about a, a, an entree there f for him to commit fraud to be able to get the benefits 
that he's entitled to under his mother's name. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's why people start learning uh, how to get around the control. Absolutely. If they're there. <laughs> Almost being encouraged to. Yeah, exactly. So check out what Emily said. Payroll fraud attempt on her direct deposit this last cycle. Thankfully, the HR director caught it. Caught it. Damn. Wow. Uh, Emily, that glad they caught it. That would have been bad. Did they catch it through a control process? Emily, tell us more about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did they catch it, Emily? It. Do tell. Just curious. Now, I'm assuming Pozo is being very sarcastic. Wow. Great controls. <laughs> and Deidre, all the way over in Tallahassee. How are things in Tallahassee, Deidre? Also, poor directive controls from the top. Yeah, well, yeah. and what happens a lot of times in government, too, uh, Deidre, and, well, and you, you know this very well, being in a quasi-governmental agency, uh, Deidre works for uh, Flo uh, Florida A&M, um, is that oftentimes the, the officials in charge, they just kind of wave their magic wand and say, this is what we're doing, all under the guise of, we're going to help people out by lowering controls. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All poor controls from the top. Uh, Emily said it was email phishing. Mm. Interesting. So, that make, Wait a minute. Did they get you, Emily? Did you fall for the phishing scam? <laughs> I'm pretty certain Emily didn't fall for the phishing scam. I'm guessing it's someone else in her organization. Well, and don't forget the Kentucky story is the one where they're going to start mailing paper checks to right. instead right. to get away from direct deposit. So we talked about them kind of going back to archaic uh, ways to almost get around making their own their controls better, their own controls better. Right, right. Ooh, Emily said they had a fake email account. Oh, wow. Jeez. Mm. HR director simply asked the question. Oh, Whew. That's pretty bad. Good for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, who knows if they had yellow book training? Um, and, and well, and, you know, again, in, in governmental agencies, certain people with positions of power and authority, they just wave the magic wand and they say, here, you're going to do this. And okay. it goes back to what I say is where are all the people who have courage enough to speak up? Don't be a coward. Speak up. I mean, if they don't listen, at least you've said something and, and don't just cry and whine like a baby. Give a logical reason as to why you're saying the things that you say. Because There's nothing worse than somebody who just cries without giving reason. And, you know, so but but where are the people who were speaking up? Now, Hal is saying at least we can. <laughs> Hal is being very sarcastic here, right? At least. Yeah. Yeah. At least we can. The, the check will be coming right after the pin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read that the pin was coming in the mail. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> now it's the pin number. Great. <laughs> Looking for that. <laughs> and, and, oh. and, you know, I, I have to say, I'm not making fun of Kentucky. And we don't take this lightly. But we're bringing this to light to show, first of all, People who watch this show are typically auditors, consultants, fraud examiners, fraud investigators, and our own ethics expert, Joe. And I think if we talk about the things that are happening or that have happened, there's some good lessons learned here. 
And lately we've been having a lot of COVID fraud and I had a lot that we almost put that on the agenda for today. And then I said, we've had enough of those next week, though, or the week after, depending. You've got a really good COVID fraud coming. Uh, You guys are going to be surprised about what this one young lady was able to do and how many companies she companies in my air quotes she created in order to get PPP loans. But I think we had one other thing that happened this week that is um, very very, very noteworthy. So without further ado, let's get to our next story. Bernie Madoff, he died this week. And for my friends overseas who don't know who he is, or just for people who don't remember, remember, he perpetrated the largest Ponzi scheme we've seen in the U.S., Um, so not only did he con investors, he also seduced the regulators, uh, the security and exchange commission commission said, you know, he was an esteemed member of some of their boards. He was the chairman of the NASDAQ market, uh, from 1990, 1991 and 1993. He sat on several SEC, the securities and exchange commission advisory committees, He was a well-known, well-respected figure on Wall Street for several years until he was convicted of 150 years in jail for his crimes. So let's talk about his crimes a little bit. So while doing all this thing, all all these great things, he was the financier and he was running a multi-billion dollar Ponzi scheme. And it was real, just a real classic scheme. Essentially, he swindled early investors Uh, by paying them money with later investors that came into his fund. And that really is all he did. He sent them fake account statements and he just kept it going. So if you signed up for the early, if you were an early investor, you probably got paid from later investors and he wiped out thousands of people's savings by doing this Ponzi scheme. But one thing that I saw in a lot of articles in hindsight, what they said was that agency examiners never asked for basic records to corroborate his operations because they they were just so enamored by his presence. So I know that Joe and Mark have studied Bernie extensively. So I'm going to hand over the floor to them to talk about Bernie for a little bit. Well, I saw that Hal put the Wizard of Lies in the chat already. I uh, told Robert and Mark already I was going to talk about um, no one would listen. The whistleblower version, right? Harry Markopoulos. Um, so there's my book recommendation for the day. Uh, what I love that Robert said was that you said he, that he seduced regulators, and I, I love that word in the in the mm-hmm. articles. Some of the articles they call him or they say that he charmed them. And I just want um, th- there was this one quote in the Theranos documentary about Elizabeth Holmes. They actually compare her to Bernie Madoff. They actually say she is number one in frauds above Bernie Madoff, which I think is kind of crazy considering mm-hmm. the scale of what Bernie did. But they say that they were both smart, charming bullies. And I just I think that is a quote that just really resonated with me. And it, I always equate that with Bernie Madoff and what he did. Smart, charming bullies. So that's I tell people all the time in my ethics training trainings. That's what you need to look out for. At your organization, those smart, charming bullies. Uh, those are the leaders that, uh, you know, ethics might might come second to them. So 
anyway, that's just my two cents. Well, and a lot of sources say that they had whistleblowers that were trying to tell the story for at least 10 years. What say you about that, Mark? No, that's true. If you actually look at the scheme itself and the stuff that I've read on the scheme, it's not a, uh, a very complicated scheme. It, it's pretty simplistic. It's it's at the bottom of the rung of Ponzi uh, scheme schemes, you know, it, and the only way you can pull something off that's that simplistic is through that seductive power that he has, uh, which Joe is referring to, which is a huge issue, not not just in this case, but in any case, is our ability as auditors or investigators or ethics or compliance people to see through that that sort of behavioral characteristic that makes him, uh, I, I love the term, the use of the term bully associated with, because it is, it's kind of like the bull in the uh, China shop, but it's breaking all the stuff and nobody knows it's breaking. Uh, so yeah, there's people bringing this stuff forward, but their level of seduction of the SEC people was not as significant as his. So they let these complaints go. This should have been identified way before when it was finally addressed. Mm-hmm. And Pozo was saying smart, charming bullies. Great, bullies. Joe. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. One more thing that reminded me when Mark said that, so I'm going to hold up another book. Um, you know, Bertie made oh. was a blind spot. And one of the biggest blind spots we all have is leaders or authority figures. And I think that is what Bernie Madoff, um, you know, for those who didn't blow the whistle for 10 years, for those that looked the other way and said, I don't know how this guy is making the returns that he is, but we're just going to go with it. They had a blind spot to him. Uh, You know, he's a leader on Wall Street, this, this big authority figure. And to me, that's, uh, that's how it happened for so long. It is the blind spots even the regulators had to this. Uh, this so. the, the difference with the regulators, though, is their responsibility. Uh, what is it? It's smart, charming bullies. Is that what it is? Uh, I understand how when you're selling something, somebody who's a purchaser might have that blind spot. But remember, the regulators have a fiscal responsibility to trust, but verify. And somewhere between that trust and verifying, they threw out that second step and accepted what he said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and Hal makes a great point. People went to Madoff wanting him to take their money. Absolutely. You know, this speaks to to, to greed because Mm. people saw the rate of returns that he was having and they literally were throwing money at him. Here, take my money. But he had an unprecedented number. His his return number, rate of return, was an unprecedented was unprecedentedly high. Oh goodness, I can't talk today. <laughs> but that should have been a red flag in and of itself. But I think sometimes when we get greedy, we ignore red flags, and we allow fame to ignore red flags because he was really a rock star of Wall Street. Well, and one of the other blind spots that they talk about in the book is group think, you know, we all want to do it. So if you look at the investors, uh, a lot of them, you know, they were friends too. You know, they all kind of knew each other and, and, you know, smoothed in the same group. And so I think, you know, everybody, it was a everybody's doing it type of mentality. Let's all mm-hmm. jump in without thinking, without, you know, using our heads. So, you know, falling into that group think blind spot as well in this one. 
Yeah, and Hal brings up a really good point. He he did go through great lengths to create fictitious records. But what was interesting is the fictitious records, the statements that he they sent to his customers were fake. And he did go through great lengths for that. But the auditors never even asked. He charmed them so much. They didn't ask. Well, and they, they came up. He had his own um, fictitious software system, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, yeah. I mean he, he thought hard about this. Right? This wasn't... Um, you know, let's see what we can get away with, with what we're doing. Let's create the, what we're doing, you know, in a completely different way. So, I mean, very bold in my mind. Bold and also genius at the same time. And, yeah. and so it kind of makes you wonder, did the relationship cause the SEC to ignore his conduct? What do you guys think? Well, I immediately went to kind of conflict of interest, you know, the relationship <clears throat> bias. Like, I mean, so many different things ran through my mind when I actually read that line in one of the articles. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they I think the relationship had to have been a blind spot. I, I don't think there's any other way to say it. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'll tell you one thing that I saw is. There was one article that said a 2009 report by the inspector general detailed how SEC investigations of Madoff were bungled with disputes among among inspection staffers over the findings, lack of communication among SEC officials in various cities and repeated failures to act on legitimate complaints from outside the agency. Now, that just says a lot. But but what really upsets me about this <clears throat> This says a lot to people like us as professionals, you know, it disputes among inspection staffers over the findings. I mean, either it is a finding backed up by fact or it's not um, uh, lack of communication among SEC officials in various cities. So internally, they couldn't communicate with one another and repeated failures to act on legitimate complaints from outside the agency. That's more so with people in our position failing to do our job. Do you see what Pozo said? When the watchdogs fall asleep, who's watching the fraudsters? Maybe <laughs> not, not even when they fall asleep, when they're arguing amongst themselves. Or, uh, yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, or arguing over what's going to get us the best statistic, what's going to give us the least black eyes, what's going to be the e easiest one to resolve instead of being mission focused on what the responsibility was. The least amount of work for us. Yep. Yeah, so many things. Um, well, yeah. and, and Hal brings up a really good point. To add credibility, he turned people down. And, and that's that behavioral thing. He understood people. And he's yes. playing off the behavioral side. What a great thing to do. Turn away the people that don't have as, mu as much that you can take off of them. And it looks like you're being selective. The yeah. ultimate con man, because he had confidence in his ability to swindle people. I, I mean, the the way uh, when I read, uh, uh, I read a lot about him. Psychologically, he was a genius or, or a monster, depending on which side you, you look at it. Right. But he was a genius because he understood human behavior. Yeah, that's the smart part of smart, charming bully, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Well, and, and oftentimes you don't even know you're being bullied because they are so smart and charming. Manipulative, right? Manipulative. Yeah. That's the word I would use. 
Well, and you know how I feel about manipulative people, Joe. They are the scum of the earth. Oh, I know. You write about them in your book. Yes. And we talked about them in the book club yesterday. By the way, if you missed that book club, you missed a fabulous event. Joe does book clubs the way that I've never, ever seen them before. But we'll come back to that in just one moment. Uh, Deidre said it goes back to saying trust, but verify SEC and auditors trusted Madoff. But no one took the time to truly verify everything they had a responsibility to look at. Mm -hmm. Couldn't have said it better myself. Deidre, you need to be the guest host next week. Want to join us? (laughs) <laughs> we we do have room next week, Deidre, uh, if you are interested, because I don't know if you were here last week, but Kelly has abandoned us for two weeks. So, guys, this is where I make the pitch for someone who wants to be our guest next week. Kelly has abandoned us for two weeks. Kelly is somewhere on the beach in Mexico. Now, she said that she might try to watch us. Yeah, right. If I were on the beach, uh, I wouldn't be watching Friday fraudsters or friends talking about fraud on Friday. What are we going to name it? You know, I'm going to do a poll in the in the next uh, next week. <laughs> what do you all want to call what it is that we do? And Honora has said exactly what I was thinking. Sociopath. Mm. Yeah, that's Elizabeth Holmes, too. Uh, oh, I, I saw Emily in the chat. Yes, this is the Bazerman Tins Brunzel book. Blind spots. Why we fail to do what's right and what to do about it. Good little book. Read. It's a little unnerving, but for all you ethics people like me out there, it's a good one. Very, very unnerving. And while we're here talking about Kelly being on the beach, Joe, yep. here to talk about the book club. Yeah, so let me grab Kelly's book. Uh, we are going to talk about Kelly's book on May 13th. This is the best little book to have in your pocket. Uh, a lot of people don't think embezzlement can happen to them. But I love Kelly's stories in here, and that's what we're going to talk about, how it can happen to you uh, in one way or another, what to watch out for at your organization. She has awesome takeaways, and I can't wait to talk to her about it. And now, Joe forgot to mention some of the, the, the big perks of this. You get one hour of CPE, and it is only $20. Yes, that's true. And it's fun because Robert was there. He can attest. We did one yesterday and we had a lot of fun. 50 minutes goes by like that. Here's what I have to say. I've been a part of a few book clubs before, but I've never experienced one like this. And I mean that in a good way, you guys. The way Joe does book clubs is unreal. The planning that it takes, the questions that she asks, the way she highlights different things in the book. It is it is truly a learning experience. And I will say, and I, I'm not I'm not even speaking about from the standpoint of uh, the audience. Honestly, I, I could kill it. No, I'm just kidding. But I learned a lot. That's that's what I mean. It, I think hmm. all, all the way around. It was it was just something unreal. I've never experienced anything like it. So Joe does this on a monthly basis. I would suggest that you just go ahead and join it monthly. Just Go ahead every month be a part of Joe's book club because it's just that awesome. Um, okay. Is thanks. that enough shameless plugging? Yeah, thanks for the plug. I appreciate <laughs> <it>. <laughs> but 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 you can't make this up. The experience was great and um it, it's a fun time. So now oftentimes what we do here is we talk about some of the things that we are doing and so what i'm going to do is punt over to mark if i can figure out how to just put mark on the screen i don't know if i can darn it it won't let me do that um so you get when you're just a guest can't get a full screen <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, well, I get one either. 
Well, it's also what happens when when you're the guy that's kind of just I'm I'm running it, you know, I'm I'm hitting the yeah. comments, I'm reading, I'm doing the PowerPoint, I'm hosting. I'm like a, a one man army over here. So, Mark, what do you have going on? Talk to the folks. What do you have going I on? I got to get my book finished so I can get in on this in, inner circle that's going on there. You know, I just keep writing. I don't produce it. You know, uh, what do I have going on? I'm I'm waiting for this COVID thing to die down so I can get back out there on the road and do a little more training in person. Uh, and that's bound to pick up. I've had some good inquiries this week. Uh, if you want to connect with me at all, uh, you can go to our website, andersoninvestigative.com. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. That's an uh, a, a easy place to get hold of me. If you have any questions, issues, you need material on the issue of interviewing that I can help you out with, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I know several people in here that uh, I've talked to over the years, and if I can help anybody out, I'm, I'm happy to do that. All right. And and so let's see. What am I working on? I have a boot camp coming up starting in May. It's called the Ask Better Questions Boot Camp. It is 18 hours of CPE. It is a nine week program. Some of it is on demand. Some of it is live. But I promise you, it will change your audit career. If you want to know more, go to thatauditguy.com backslash boot camp. See, I made it real easy for you. Now, you guys know what May is other than, you know, May the 4th being the great day for Star Wars. May the 4th be with you for everyone. Yes, I am a Star Wars nerd. Yes, I am. But it is also Internal Audit Awareness Month. If you go to my website, you can get you some good merch. We have the I Love Audit t-shirts for sale. We have the world's most awesome auditor t-shirt. If you're an auditing ninja, we got something for you. If you are the life of the party, tell everybody you're the life of the party. You need an I love audit mask. I've got you covered there. And if you got a little one that's your tax deduction, <laughs> uh, sometimes it is a cruel world, pun intended. And oftentimes you have to kiss an accountant because it is tax deductible. And last but not least, auditors love physical fitness. Next month, internal audit awareness month. Go get your gear at thatauditguy.com. Um, and then once you get your gear, take a picture of yourself wearing it and send it to me. I'd be happy to see that. Better yet, post it on LinkedIn. Don't send it to me. That might sound a little creepy. Um, <laughs> I just got mine. I will be in Savannah, Georgia for the Coastal Georgia IIA chapter. Oh, very nice. And I'm going to sport my I Love Audit t-shirt that I just bought. From Robert's merch. And I tell you what, here's what we'll do. Since Deidre and Emily both both answered the question, Emily, send me an email. Tell me what you want, which shirt you want. You got a free shirt coming your way. Deidre, you have a free book or shirt. Tell me which one you want. I don't care. Free shirt or free book coming your way. Just email me. Uh, hell. <laughs> 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 Stay in your seats. Yeah. <laughs> so look, we want to thank you guys for joining us for this week's episode of whatever we're calling this Friday fraud show. Kentucky, man, let's get it together. You got citizens in all seriousness who are hurting. You've got risk management professionals who you should be listening to because I'm sure someone told you when you implemented that system to implement strong security controls. And you probably said, no, we don't want to do that. And now it's coming back to bite you. 
Uh, Bernie Madoff, that's that's our last one for today. Hmm. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Auditors always ask for evidence. And, you know, actually on my website, I have an article that I wrote about that about eight years ago. And I, it was I think it was titled Don't Forget to Ask for Evidence. Don't forget to ask for evidence, auditors. Uh, you guys, any last words you want to leave the people with before we uh, say our goodbyes today? No, Mark, I just want to tell you, say thank you for coming. Um, Kelly only said you could come as long as we didn't like you better than her. So um, I, 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 I won't report back. I won't. Um. <laughs> you probably talked to my family and realized that wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> you know, hey, Rob, go ahead, Mark. Robert, I just wanted to say to you on that uh, the course that you're doing on the asking questions, you talk about a way to get around some of these issues that we're talking about here. It's asking those good questions. So, what you're providing uh, is a huge problem in the audit and investigation uh, business. So, uh, by you teaching something like that, it's going to get people to ask those questions that get truthful answers, not the uh, uh, charming bully answers. Right. I, I, You know what, Mark? I so appreciate you for saying that. I so appreciate you for saying that. Uh, Honora is saying this was her first time here. It was fun. Thank you. We hope to see you next week. We do it every Friday, same time, same channel. And on that note, see you guys next week.